Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church. We are located in Evansville, Indiana. We are a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America. If you'd like to find out more information about the church, you can visit our website. The information uh, for that will be provided at the end of the video. Additionally, if you have uh, been blessed by these uh, videos, um, have found them helpful in some capacity, perhaps you have suggestions or comments, uh, you can write me. And that information will be given at the end of the video as well. Also, perhaps uh, you might consider sharing this with others uh, through email, social media, whatever the case may be. I'd, very, I'd greatly appreciate it, but um, more importantly, um, I just trust that these times are, have been somewhat helpful <clears throat> over the last, I don't know how many months I've been doing this. It's been a while. I think uh, this is season seven. I don't know what that even means. Uh, it's been many videos. And so I'm glad to do it. I have learned much from doing this, and I hope you have as well. This is uh, Thursday, uh, December 15th, 2022. Uh, this is edition number 11 of season seven. We are working our way through the book of Joshua, just so you have some idea of where we're headed. When we complete the book of Joshua sometime in around December 26th or 27th, whatever it is, don't exactly remember, I'm going to be taking a break until uh, um, sometime in the early part of January. Um, and then I will begin season eight, and we will begin a very lengthy season, I think, as we work our way through the Westminster Confession of Faith uh, devotionally, beginning with chapter one, paragraph one, working our way right through um, the 33 chapters of the Westminster Confession. I'll dip into the larger and shorter catechism as we go, of course, but just to give you some idea where we're headed, I trust that that season, season eight, through the Westminster Confession will help coincide with a book I'm writing, trying to write, uh, a devotional uh, through the Westminster Standards, uh, something that I've endeavored to do for quite a while now, and um, God willing, I'll get to that in earnest in 2023. But that's just a snapshot of where we're headed. But today we find ourselves in Joshua chapter 11. Let's pray, and then we'll consider very briefly uh, the matters there that are given to us here in this chapter. Let's pray. Father, as we look at your word now, we come knowing that your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a guide. It directs us. It reveals, yourself, it reveals you to us. And you that condescended to our lowly estate, you have accommodated to our weakness, and you have shown yourself in your word. We pray that in this time we would be, we would be blessed and benefit from it. We recognize that not every chapter in your word it seems to have reason for being there, but we know that you have it there. And so that is enough for us. And so we pray that you would give us grace and guidance. We know that all scripture is inspired by you. It is profitable for us. Even this chapter, chapter 11 of Joshua, is profitable for your people. So you may, may you make it so, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, yesterday we considered Joshua chapter 10. We recognized the connection between Joshua chapter 9 and Joshua chapter 10 and where Joshua 9 was the Gibeonite deception and the vow that was taken by the people of Israel, the leadership. They failed to seek counsel from the Lord. They were deceived by their enemy. And as such, that vow was tested in chapter 10 in which they had to come to the defense of the Gibeonite people against, uh, against uh, uh, aggressors. And they did. They were successful. 
And we also saw that supernatural act of God in which the sun stood still, of course. We described and talked about that matter as the doctrine of accommodation. God accommodated to our estate. From our perspective, it looked like the sun stopped moving. We know the physics. The Bible is not a scientific textbook. But be that as it may, there is no confusion or no error here in its recalling, retelling of the events. Joshua chapter 11 is really, in some sense, a conclusion, and not a conclusion, uh, to the book. Now, I say that uh, for one particular reason, which I'm going to come to in just a moment. Two things we see really in this chapter, just very simply. The bulk of the chapter is uh, the conquests and battles that occurred in the northern kingdom, in northern Canaan. And those details are laid out for you, and you can read through them as uh, as you as you should uh, to to uh, ascertain the various specific sundry details of this chapter. It's not a very long chapter, so it gives these things in summary fashion. But what I want to draw your attention to, just uh, for our devotional purposes this morning or today, whenever you're watching this video, is verse six. And the Lord said to Joshua, "Do not be afraid of them, for tomorrow at this time I will give over all of them slain to Israel." Now, this has been a repeated refrain throughout the book. And as you're reading through Joshua, and I hope you are reading along, you've, you, you've taken note of these repetitions, these, these repeated statements of God to Joshua. And just by way of uh, help in understanding God's Word and biblical interpretation, whenever Scripture repeats itself as often as it does, it's designed to draw your attention to it. It's designed to get your attention. Just in the sa- much the same way in which we do that with people. We repeat ourselves more than once and uh, because we want to emphasize. We want to underscore the importance of something. You might do that with your children. You might tell them something twice, three times, because it's important. It's vital that they hear this, and you don't want them to miss it. It's the same way in the Word of God. It's no different. God repeats himself often because, first, we're forgetful people. And second, it's important. And this phrase here is given, the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them, really echoes back all the way to the beginning of the book when God told Joshua very much the same thing. Told him to be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's chapter 1 and verse 9. And this, of course, as we have already seen, This was given at the very beginning of Joshua's ministry, at the beginning of his uh, guidance and leadership over the people of Israel. Once again, God proves himself faithful as he's done throughout the book, even in spite of the faithlessness of the people from time to time. Here in Joshua 11, God is faithful and he gives these kings over to the people of the Lord, over to his people. Does it through the leadership of Joshua. He does it in fulfillment in keeping of his word. And so you can, in some sense, trace a thematic element through chapter 9, 10, and 11. Chapter 9 is the people giving their word to their enemy. Even though they didn't seek counsel from the Lord, they still took a vow and they are going to uphold it. Chapter 10, the people were tested to keep their word. And in chapter 11, God himself, as it were, and I mean no disrespect by this, but God himself, as it were, was tested as well, whether he would keep his word. Now, I know that sounds ridiculous to think about that, but the fact remains is that God, God is a God who keeps his promises. He is not like a man, like man who lies. He does not lie. He keeps his word always faithfully to his people. And here in this chapter, he does just that. 
The God who keeps his word then therefore expects us to keep ours. The second thing we see in this chapter is the very last words of the chapter. Again, there are times throughout the biblical, throughout the genre of the Bible, throughout the canon of Scripture, that, that these kinds of things just stand out. And it does. The very last phrase, the very last sentence of the chapter, and the land had rest from war. That is to say that the conquests of Canaan have more or less come to an end. The battle that was before the people in Joshua chapter 1 has now reached its, reached its place in which um, the people would find rest. This sets the stage for the inheritance that, inheritances that will be given out in chapters 13 through 19. This sets the stage for the inheritances that will be given to Caleb. We're going to look more deeply at that specific event in a future edition. Sets the stage for the lands that were given to the Levites. All of it sets the stage that the people now return from war and they find rest. It reminds me of what happened in the United States after the Second World War in 1945 when the United States had victory over the, the Axis powers, over Germany, over Japan, and came back to the United States and there was rest. There was rest from war. The industries stopped participating in the war effort and many other events that were taking place because of the war stopped happening and it shifted gears into very different things. Here the land has rest from war. And we too have the promise and hope of that rest. We are right now the church militant. We are not the church at rest. We are at war. And sometimes you and I, I'm sure you have a sense of that. There's a pronounced uh, feeling at times where you really can sense the battle raging around you. Uh, we fight the world, the flesh, and the devil, and we will until we die and we go to be with the Lord or the Lord returns. In either case, we are at war. We are the church militant, and we are to act that way. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, and we should always read that as an offensive expression. The church is not on the defense. The church is on the offense against the enemy of God's kingdom. But there will be a day, brothers and sisters, and I know this may be hard to imagine, but there will be a day according to the promise of God, even as he's promised his people here in Joshua 11 and kept his word, and he's done that throughout the book. He has promised us a, a, um, great things, a singular hope of the new heavens and the new earth, in which we will be at rest, the church at rest. We will be with our Lord, we will see him, be like him, and we'll be with him, the beatific vision for all of eternity. And so we have that to look forward to. This is a picture of our rest coming. And, um, and while, of course, there's continuing battles that will occur for these people going forward as they live in this world, the picture of the promised land as it is, is that picture of the new heavens and the new earth for us today. It is not as the dispensationalists argue. It's not even remotely close to what they say. It is as it is, a type and shadow of our heavenly rest that is before us. And until we reach that place, we are at war. We must be faithful because God is faithful and he will be to you. He will defend you. He will guide you. He will direct you. He will give you your, give into your hands the enemy. And that will happen. It is a certainty. It is a fact. 
It's only a matter of time in which that is all accomplished. And so we have great hope here in this chapter, in a chapter filled with details that you might think have absolutely nothing to do with you and all of these names and all of these places that you've never read about before, probably, and never heard of before, and never heard about before, and probably will never visit. They all have relevance to God's people as they picture for us that which God has promised us, that he would go before us and fight for us, and he would grant to us a place of rest for all of eternity. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so, until the Friday edition, when we consider chapter 12 and the kings defeated by Moses and the kings defeated by Joshua, a catalog, as it were, of the victories, may the Lord help you today to to strive against the world, the flesh, and the devil, knowing that your God is for you. God bless.